A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It's Murph here. There is no stocks this week. Stocks has uh, got caught up in a bit of a work situation slash emergency slash uh, earning those pennies. And so as a result, uh, I'm here in the hot seat, but as always, not uh, alone. I've got with me two phenomenal guests uh, who I'm really excited to to have on this week. We've been planning this for for a little bit. Um, so joined with me is the brains and the beauty, and I'll let either of you decide how you want to hash that one up. <laughs> Behind the Warrior Bowl, it's Greg and Foley. How you doing, guys? Welcome to Five Year Rush. Thanks, mate. I'll be the brains and the beauty. Greg, what does that leave you? Just you know, the money. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, that'll be the it. ideas, man. The hype, man. The admin guy. <laughs> the admin guy. You're basically admin. I'll do sales. I'll do the sexy stuff, and you do the admin. I'll do the work. Uh, <laughs> well, gents, it's a it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, it, you know, we uh, we'll get into the warrior bowl and what it's about, but got to know you both over the last year, and um, really glad we can have you on, not just to talk about the warrior bowl and and um tell some folks about what it is and how they can get involved but also some of the great things that, that you were able to do and just get to know the faces behind it and the beauty and the brains and the admin uh, and the admin, and the admin. <laughs> so um so gents um first things first let's let's just sort of digress for a second you just sort did you enjoy the nfl draft did the uh did santa santa draft clause come across and give you what you wanted down the down the chimney Go on, Greg. As a Giants fan, you've actually got a little bit more to talk about than I do. Amazing. Well, it started off all right. 
I like the trade back, but um, <laughs> what after you lost to Ronda Smith? <laughs> yeah, to to be honest, I wasn't. I was talking to Foley about this the other day. I'm not that fussed about Smith going and missing out on Smith. That wasn't. I wasn't too worried about that because, to be perfectly honest, I'd rather they hadn't picked a wide receiver anyway. But yeah, to take t- Tony where they did, having done so well to trade back and get themselves a nice little haul, I was yeah, wasn't it's expecting. Tony it's coming the, out as the name. Is that the first time Gettleman's ever traded back? In the first right round, here. yeah. Yeah. And then he takes Tony. Good job. Which he reached. He raised the trade back and reach <laughs> at the same time. I don't think anyone has ever done oh, that before. That's great work. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was going so well. For, for those 10 picks, we were off the clock. And then, yeah. I felt like a proud father when I watched him trade back. I was like, where are you going, man? You're figuring it out. It only took COVID um, and everything else for you to figure it out. And he did it. And, and then he screwed it. Yeah. 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 And it was like, oh, normal service has been resumed. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a as a as a Saints fan, it, drafts are just a bit like, yeah, I'll just watch everyone else have fun while we get a couple of like, you know, defensive players that don't really do much and see what happens. I, I thought it was really cool that you decided to take the exact same defensive end after you took yeah. Harvard. So <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. could just take a guy cut yeah. him out and make him exactly the same. That is can, what you just... Can, you have a can, can we get a guy who looks like he should be good but isn't? But this time, we don't pay loads of money for him. We just pay a little bit of money for him. Good job. We still spent yeah. the first round pick. And we, ah. we, re- we really need a wide receiver. Let's wait till round seven. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got to make sure we get Ian Book first yeah. because what we yeah, yeah, need yeah. is another one of those hybrid quarterback tight ends because we've only got one of them on the roster. We so. need a poor man to taste some hill, yeah. That's what we need. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so I mean, Saints drafts are a bit miserable, aren't they? I, I don't really know what Mickey Lewis does. I think he just like, gets bored and he just picks names and everything. Just I does mean, it something for fun, yeah. I mean, to yeah. be honest, I think all three of our teams didn't have overly exciting draft. I mean, with the Bucks, it was never going to be exciting. When you sign back all 22 starters, you're not really expecting there to be like a guy and go, oh, my God, this is amazing. But um, you don't need a good draft. No, but I think we had a good one for what it is. I really like Joe Tran. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Edge. You could always get the best time to get an edge is when you don't need one. Same with the quarterback. The two positions yeah. you really need to have depth in. I like that. I like Trask. I'll see if he fits or not. I mean, if he doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we've drafted kickers in the second round before. So, yeah. you know, if it doesn't pan out, not a big deal. And I like the interior guy. Uh, and I liked, uh, I really love Jalen Darden. Like, that kid is. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, I'm yeah. excited for him. So, yeah. I was quite happy. But yeah, I mean, like, we're talking about depth and special teams guys. We're not talking about, yeah. like, no, the champs. You know, if you're the, if the, if you're the champ, you can do that, right? It's all luxury picks. Yeah. Especially when, you, when you've got the guys in the building and you're in a two year window. Mm. So, mm. Make, make the most of it. But look, didn't bring you on. Although we'll, we'll come back to the draft, we'll come back to some of our favourite picks and and shocks. But let's um, let's talk a little bit about the Warrior Bowl because you guys kicked this off uh, last year. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is, why why did you do it, and <laughs> what made you kind of want to start uh, start start the Warrior Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, in its in its simplest, it's just a it's a massive charity fantasy league. So um, it sort of, it, it came about around this time last year, really. So after the NFL draft, um, Bowley and I and a couple of other people were doing some startup drafts. And so we're starting to get the buzz around the, the upcoming season. 
all the Scott Fishbowl invites were all going out. So there's a load of buzz around that. And obviously we're in the middle of lockdown. Um, little did we know at that point we'd spend the rest of the year in lockdown. But uh, yeah, at that point we were in lockdown and it was still relatively novel at that point. So um, yeah, all that sort of buzz was going on. But at the same time, we were with sort of the backdrop in the UK, at least, was that we're in lockdown. There's loads of charities that are going to be sort of missing out on fundraising. Um, if you think of all the events they've got cancelled over the last 12 months, mm. that if you just think the London Marathon, how much money must millions get raised for charities through the London Marathon, all the small little independent charities that we're going to lose out. So we thought, well, could we do something? Could we put something together like a charity league? Um to try and raise some raise some money for some sort of smaller local charities here in the UK, and some bizarre reason I came up with the idea of 240 people. That seems like an achievable task, despite the fact I'm not on Twitter. Um, I've never played in a league with more than 12 people, and so yeah, 240 people, 20 quid ahead, five grand. That seems like a good starting point. Are you drunk? Uh, I never asked you that before. Were you? Were you drunk? <laughs> sounds like it sounds like you're drunk. It does sound like one of those sort of pub ideas that you have mm-hmm. a few pints in. But no, so yeah. I kind of came up with the idea, texted a few people, and just sort of said, I've had this idea. Do you think this is mental? Or do you think we've got a chance of doing it? Um, and it just went from there. So uh yeah, ended up snowballs. Yeah, it was snowball from there. Really being this, yeah. this this big lead. So we had 240 people from uh 22 different countries on six continents um all sort of fans and analysts from um all around the world really all sort of coming together playing donating all the 100 percent of the proceeds go to charity um we had some prizes and things like that all of which were donated very generously by people within the community you guys people like you guys yeah exactly um and that's the really sort of the main reason it got to where it got to is just because of the, the generosity of the the community really we just kind of jumped on twitter no followers set up a new account and just put stuff out there spoke yeah. to people said please retweet our stuff please sign up please consider like helping us out and and they did and uh yeah that's how it grew to the, the size that it grew so quickly so yeah um, it's amazing, and yeah, you, you speak to people. I mean, I was blessed enough to to participate. You gave me a spot, which I'm forever grateful. And I was uh, one half a football away from winning the whole thing. Uh, you're not bitter, but you're not bitter. No, I mean, listen. The, the way I look at it is, it's always better to be second in those things because you know, w- w- once you've won it, that's it. You're doomed. You can't you can't win it again. Um, so I what I want to do is is come second and like third. And then win it, and then be doomed not to do anything. And then I'll be the only person to have all three podium places. That's how I kind of uh, view it. So I've knocked not one of the three down. You know, I'm going to go for third this year, and then <laughs> and then the plan is to win it in year three. And then you just want that big Hollywood journeyman story, don't you? That's yeah, 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 yeah. He wants the movie. Wants the movie deal. Wants the movie deal. <laughs> yeah, I, mm. I just want to be like forever, Mr. Warrior Bowl, three-time podium finish. I'll be like those guys who like uh, the FPL who've count that they're in the top one percent or something and they just count those those finishes that's kind it's of gonna be tough difficult. it's gonna be tough it's gonna be double the size ah, bring it on man. bring it on that was, yeah, last year was the warm-up it was fine yeah yeah let's just get mine no it was it was a phenomenal tournament there's some great people and i what i mean in terms of 
what I loved about it is that people really embraced it. You know, I play in a lot of different leagues and charity leagues and all these sorts of things. But I think what made your tournament really special was people set up draft groups, people set up Twitter groups. Yeah. Um, the banter in the, the you set up a finalist group was was second to none. Yeah. We've ended up building a league off the back of of doing that, which was which was really cool. And I think there's a lot of good friendships and um, you know uh, partnerships and contributions as a result um, have come as a result. And and that's the spirit of these sorts of leagues is it's all good and dandy to just do a league and, and put one together, but it's another to to form those friendships. And I always say that, that that's kind of the purpose of all this. You know, I've met some of my best friends in fantasy football playing in the Scott Fish Bowl or playing in, in a tournament like, like yours. So um, it's amazing what you do. Um, why is why is the Warrior Bowl? I mean, I, I've sort of said this a little bit about why it's different, but why do you guys think it's so different to a, uh, you know, some of those other tournaments out there? My videos, yeah, yeah, yeah you're definitely. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Greg, Greg, you're right. It's my videos. It's spot on. Yeah, yeah. It's the 1980s, 1990s nostalgic feel. That's what it is. Actually, it might be that. You know, it's that nostalgia, isn't it? It is a little bit. Yeah. I, I love it. I've even got on here that sort of the next point was to talk about your hype video. So <laughs> while we're on it and you've jumped it, let's let's get straight into it. What is the you know? What can we expect in 2021? Are we going to keep the 80s theme? Are you going to keep it to a theme? I don't know. Or like retro films, or they it, dip into the 70s with Star Wars for the finalists. So yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. It, you know, it came naturally. It was a misspent youth put to good use. Yeah. I watched that, you know what I mean? You spend years and years and years watching those films, and you think, will this ever pay off professionally? And then all of a sudden it does. Fabulous. So I've, 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 I've absolutely no idea. I mean, what, what do you suggest? Any suggestions? Open to suggestions. What I would love, personally, Go on. retro video game montages. Write that down. Like your Mario's, Mario like Kart's, GoldenEye. Mm. I mean, GoldenEye would be a phenomenal one to do with the yeah, yeah, yeah. division. Look, we just spitballing ideas here. That's, that's, a, that's a great show, actually. Yeah, or oh, a, a Mario Kart actually going around the tracks at Rainbow Mario Road. Kart would be good. Yeah. Um, even things like Doom, Duke Nukem. Yeah. Um, Turok. I mean, I love Turok. I mean, I'm only a few that do. Super Smash Brothers. God, you got loads. Yeah. That's can... a good show. <laughs> the thing with the videos was they they never really we never really planned for them to be a thing. It was just <laughs> it was just, just an excuse to watch YouTube videos and the missus well, couldn't yeah, shout at me because I'm was... working. Like right, at the, right at the very start, we're like, and I remember really sort of early, early doors when I, we were sort of putting this all together and I spoke to a few people and I'm pretty sure that this conversation I had with you, Murph, and I'd, we'd said about the league and what we're trying to do and stuff like that. And you'd said, obviously, you play in a lot of these leagues and the ones that are the best ones aren't necessarily the biggest, but are the ones that are the most interesting because either they have something unique about the, the scoring or the format or something like that or the experience and the community that it generates. So we were trying to think about that. You know, what could we try and do to be a bit different, to make it stand out primarily in the first place, just to try and drive some sign-ups? Because <laughs> we, were, we, we were desperate for sign-ups at the start. So we thought, oh, we'll, we'll do a video. And I think I, the first sort of like that hype video that I did at the start, Dropkick we Murphy's put that one. out. Yeah, the Dropkick Murphys one, which was all had like football, all little big hits and things like that and stuff. And some clips in it and that went down really well so it's all right we'll do we'll do another one and we did one for the draft day 
Um, and we did one for the start of the season and that sort of stuff. And it just progressed into actually people seemed to like them. It became a bit of a thing. Foley got involved with them after that and started doing some of the ones through the season. So pretty much anything that's got football in it is the ones that I do. And anything that's got 80s films or something like that <laughs> is the one that, ones that Foley's done. Um, so it's easy to tell them apart. But yeah, it's kind of became a little bit of a sort of a USP kind of thing and tried to try and build that community, as you mentioned, and, and that sort of um, people wanting to be a part of of the worry bowl and enjoying it so yeah it kind of just it grew way beyond what we thought it was the original plan was with regards to the videos but. which is just an occasional kind of uh, nfl people hitting each other video then it became rocky versus karate kid and went from there exactly yeah. it, it, it was so great and as you said i think that's what made it uh unique is the fact that you know they just encourage people to sign up and join in and and be and you know just have fun with it and and it, it just it, it, the way I kind of described it to people who was getting people to, to, to come and sign up and talk about it was it's kind of like it's, it's a charity tournament with a bit of an attitude, but in a good way. <laughs> like it's not your average, like timid, just oh, come along and just see what happens. It's like, no, you've got to be prepared to have a yeah. laugh and have a giggle. And um, there's there's some real, really it's good natured banter. But, you know, it is it is banter in there. It's, it's a lot of chat, a lot of good people. It's a lot there. of people having fun. Yeah, there was. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think, there, I think yeah. that's what makes it special is it, it's it's one that if you just if you just and I think it was I, I, what I love about it is it came at such an important time because it was that point where we went out of lockdown and we went back in the mm. lockdown mm. and, then you know, and then it was a bit like we were all a bit unsure about what was going to happen. Yeah. And it just took your minds off it. And I think that's what, that's what made the tournament special, but you know, I couldn't, I couldn't second it enough. Just the, the spirit of it is just um, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so before we tell people where they can sign up, what is going to be different? Come on, let's have a, let, let's have it out. What, what's going to be different in, in 2021? You mentioned there's going to be double the amount of teams, 480. Yeah people so that's that hopefully hopefully there will be yeah. we'll, yeah. we'll you know there will be 480 people uh yeah. called by crook we'll, we'll get them there but what else is there going to be are we going to see any differences to scoring or format or is there anything mm. that you can semi sort of hint at without maybe giving the game away like uh one of those uh spo- not spoilers but like little inkling mm. teasers we've of. had some chats we've had some chats haven't we greg We've yeah. had some chats. We've had some chats about scoring. The tight end premium, I think, made a big difference. That made it a little bit more interesting. It certainly, it certainly made the um, the scoring a little bit more intriguing. So I don't know whether we expand that a little more. I mean, sleeper have added a lot of things over the off season, haven't they? They've added lots and lots and lots of different bits that you know, different types of leagues as well. But they're adding more bits every day. So the more interested we can make the scoring, similar to Scott Fish, you know, the more interested the scoring, the more the um, the serious players get out of it. And the more the amateurs learn as well, actually. So, yeah, we might tweak the scoring a little bit. I think the, the interesting thing last year was that we started to expand into little offshoot leagues. Like I did my first guillotine league and I did the first three guillotine leagues and I did, you know, these other weird leagues I've never even heard of before. And they were, they were, they were great. They were nuts. They were absolutely bonkers, but they were really, really interesting. So, yeah. You wait till I yeah. wait to the league I've invited Greg to. It's just a bit of a private uh, Is it fruity? League. Oh. I, Is it fruity? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's unlike it's unlike anything you'll you'll ever play. Uh, You're gonna get sent like a this. manuscript through the post with the rules, and it's gonna thud onto your oh no <laughs> onto your floor. Oh yeah, no, no, it's not that long. It's not that long, but it is something that is requiring some reading um, because it's different. 
It's going to be fun. Well, boss, boss, is there any is there any official teasers we can give, boss? Not as such. I think the, the big thing's going to be, as you say, we, we're going to double up. So 480 teams, the hope will therefore be that we can double up what we raised. We raised 10 grand last year. If we could raise 20 grand this year, that would yeah. be unbelievable. Um, but hopefully we can if we double up the numbers. So, yeah, yeah double the numbers, that's probably going to mean double the divisions. So we had four, 20 divisions last year, so there'll be 40 this year. And I think for the most part, it's not going to be massive changes. It'll be tweaks around the edges in terms of how the playoffs work and um, the scoring bits and pieces and just things that we learned from last year because yeah. to be fair as I said at the start I'd not played in a league with more than 12 people before last year so we were completely flying by the seat of our pants um, well, it, did, so it, people... didn't, it didn't look like you were so if that helps behind the scenes it did behind the scenes it did <laughs> it's, it's, it's that duck on the pond all looks calm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, just shove another video out. People think we know what we're doing. <laughs> Distract them with Karate Kid. Come exactly. on. But buy us some time while I faff about with this spreadsheet and figure out what to do. Um, the so yeah, exact so conversation we, we had. Yeah. So yeah. Tweet where where, did, where did the money go? If you don't uh, like, uh, I know, but where did where, for those listening? You know, with uh, charity leagues, because uh, you know, one thing I did love is that you know you some some charity leagues, including the one that I run, is kind of voluntary you know we don't charge if people don't want to give but we do encourage yeah you you kind of made sure that people did donate and you didn't get a spot until you um until you did donate um where did so which is great i think because obviously that's how you got to the number and people were very generous and people you know did more than the the donation fee which is also great to see but where um where did the money go? What were the charities? Because they weren't just your typical Mind or, or, or Cancer UK. You know, you, you know, you deliberately picked yeah personalized specific mm. personalized causes, which I, I really loved. Absolutely, yeah, and that was it, and that was part part of the, the rationale behind it at the start was, as I said, a a lot a lot of the, because of everything that happened over the last twelve months, it was going to be a lot of the smaller charities that would end up missing out that are so reliant on local events, not just things like the London Marathon, but we mentioned that the small low key coffee mornings and those sorts of things that mm. couldn't happen and we're going to miss out. So we wanted to try and support some of those. And yeah, we wanted to try and um, make it as mandatory as possible to get people to donate. So we could generate as much as we could. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a couple of charities. One um, was one that's local to me here. So it's a children's hospice. Um, called Bluebell Wood, which is about 10 minutes down the road from where I live. Um, so they provide sort of end-of-life palliative respite care for, for terminally ill kids, basically, and their families. So, um, so yeah, as I say, they, they do incredible work. They're about 10 minutes down the road. My wife has done a bit of volunteering stuff there in the past. So um, I, I sort of chose them as the first charity. And then we had another charity um, yeah. that's down near, near where Foley is. Yeah, the other one is Love Rome, which are basically a local kind of Birmingham-based charity that um, kind of, uh, they act as the safety net for people who fall through this, the, the cracks of society, really. So they help the underprivileged, really. So underprivileged children, underprivileged adults, and the homeless, they, they basically act where people need it. And it's it's been really difficult for them because they've had a, a real lack of funding, as you can imagine. They've not been able to do any real events at all, live events, where they can raise actual money. So the last 12 months, you know, I've been chatting to them in the last couple of months because we're, we're obviously retaining them as, a, as the charity for this year as well. And they can't, 
they can't tell me how important it's been to have this kind of influx of, of funds that they weren't expecting that's just made a massive difference to the people local to, to me really so it's one of those things it, it massively changes lives that you'll probably never know you'll probably never meet the people it changes their lives but it really does and it's it's just great to know that some people are that generous that they do it. And throughout the season, we saw this as well, Greg, didn't we? That we were nearing the, the you know, we, we kept moving the target up and up. And the closer we got to, you know, a, a milestone, like nine nine grand or 10 grand, the uh, the more that people wanted to donate. So like the guillotine leagues and the other things that we did completely ad hoc and off, off the cuff, people were throwing money in, saying, let me in there. I'll give you 20 quid. I'll give you 30 quid. Just let me in there. And, you know, the generosity of the the, the fantasy football community is incredible. We had, we had no idea it existed. Never mind. It was so generous and, and, you know, inclusive and community-based. It's it absolutely blew our minds, didn't it? How many times did we just we, we just sat back and we're like, people are just chucking money at this because it's a great cause, but they also just want to be involved. And it's just exactly. it's just great. It's and great, great to see. As you as you say, when we got to that near that ten thousand, that people saying, oh, people were contacting me saying, can we do another guillotine? Yeah, yeah, can yeah, we yeah. do something just so we can get you guys past that landmark yeah. and stuff like this? And so yeah, it was it was very cool, very cool, yeah. and, and unexpected. Just, just phenomenal. Like, uh, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think there is some really negative elements uh, to the fantasy football community. Sometimes it gets a bit incestuous. Sometimes it gets a bit pernickety with takes and things like that. But inherently, I think most people in this community are phenomenal. And the the money that gets raised every single year. And, and it's a shout out to a person like like Scott Fish, who really was mm, the pioneer yeah. of, of this. Um, you know, not just with the Scott Fish Bowl, but everything he does, every league has a charity element to it. And, you know, his big thing is, you know, make every league you can have some form of charity element to it, whether it's even just kicking $20 to or 20 quid to, to charity. And I think yeah. the money you raised is, is, is phenomenal. So uh, where can people sign up? Where can people, um, you know, they've been listening to this now for the last 15, 20 minutes. They like the sound of it. They, they really want a Kirk Sloan, uh, video um, made in their honour. <laughs> so where where can they where can they actually sign up and and have a chance to to enter this wonderful tournament and uh, try and well not try will lose to to someone like myself next year <laughs> and Foley. Foley's uh, a finalist as well. But, and, but beat Greg. But beat Greg. You know. You, know. Everyone, you, you just need to get out. I beat Greg. Come on. Everyone beat me last year. And he actually um, still he still claims it's because he didn't want people to think there was corruption at the top <laughs> he still claims it and it's not true he was just bad he's no he, he's no h no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you can um follow us on on twitter obviously we're at warrior bowl on twitter so we're putting stuff on there about um, we'll post all the videos on there and those sorts of things as and when they come out and there's information on there about what's going on but um so the main hub for all the information is just warriorbowl.com. So on there, it's got all the details. It's got all the archived information from last season. So you can see the full leaderboard. You can see all the division winners, all the finalists, all the, the ultimate the ultimate fantasy football warrior. Uh, so that the overall champion, all that's sort of archived on there. But then there's also the sort of the, the rules on there, how it works. And more, most importantly, the sign-up form is on there. So all you have to do is fill that in submit your form you don't have to sort of donate or pay anything or anything like that at this point you just signing up um and then invites start going out around july um and then uh yeah drafts will be sort of august time um but yeah last year we were significantly oversubscribed at 240 so hopefully we're going to be 
significantly oversubscribed again this year at 480. Um, we're already at about 250 signups, I think, so far, um, which that's is pretty amazing. cool. Considering that's more than what we had to compete last year. Uh, so yeah, warrioroll.com, go on there, all the information there, sign up. Um, yeah, get involved. Definitely do. It's a, it's a phenomenal tournament. Like I said, I, the only reason I can say I'm confident, confidently going to be there because all the finalists got a spot to Warrior Bowl 2021. Warrior Bowl. Is it Warrior Bowl 2021? That's what we're called. Is that what it's been called? Or is it Warrior Bowl yes. 2? 2021. Good. Okay. Just thought i check. Yeah, the, the only people that are definitely in so far are the division. Basically, everyone that won their own division and the the finalists so they got an automatic invite back to defend their crown as division champions um it's a good, it's a good it. job you <laughs> definitely you definitely wouldn't have let me back in <laughs> i'm serious you would you would have left me out just out of spite just for the, just for entertainment value but yeah they're yeah. the only people that are in so far everyone else is in the pot um for when those we draw we said start sending out the invites in july so Brilliant. So look, let's talk um, outside of Warrior Bowl. Um, let's talk a little bit about your your 2020 fantasy football. Uh, any any league titles? Anything to celebrate um, either together or separately? Because I don't know if you co-own teams, but did you did you have any successes you want to shout about on here or uh, yeah, take I, any um, parting shots to some of your league mates? I got to the uh, the final of Warrior Bowl. I'm very proud of that. You know, um, I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, that's that's it. That's you were conf- conference champion. I was conference champion. Sword conference. Now we, um, we we started um, we started two dynasty leagues last year, didn't we? We did. We did. We started two that, and I got to the semis of one, and I blew the other one up after week two. So that tells you that tells you the old swings and roundabouts of fantasy football. There, semi finals blew it up after week two, and I really blew that one up because that was terrible. But um, yeah, and uh, we we've got a, a home league. That we uh, redraft that we played in for what four, five, six years for many years now, haven't we? And I got to the three. semis of that, which was it three? Yeah. Did you win it? You won it year one, didn't you? Two, year two, yeah. And I got to I got to the semis of that, which I always seem to get to the semis and get beat, which is terrible. But um, yeah, no no real wins except for the Warrior Bowl. I'm sticking with that. On so brand. My uh, my. 2020 fantasy was the single worst season I've had in fantasy <laughs> football in like the 15, 16 years I've been playing fantasy football. It was results wise, it was abysmal across the board. Contrasted though, it was at the most fun I've had in any year playing fantasy football. <laughs> so I, it was the most enjoyable year, but it was terrible when it came to results. So who's your most drafted player? Life. Say his name. Last year? Yeah. Fournette. Of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> and that's which, why. Which tells his own story. <laughs> you took him everywhere. Do, do, do you know I what's funny? I have never drafted Leonard Fournette. Oh, uh, you're missing out. You're missing yeah. out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've missed out on that roller coaster. Yeah. And, uh, Lombardi Lenny. Yeah. I mean, I love him hey, now. You like, him, you like him now, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have famously, I've made some very strong opinions of, of uh, Leonard Fournette over the years on here. Uh, noodle legs, because his legs are made of noodles. Um, I said famously, I think my famous quote that people still decide to throw in my face is, um, I wouldn't draft him 
in I wouldn't draft him earlier than the ninth round in any league. And now he's probably worth about a ninth round pick. How um, loud? How loud did you scream when he pulled off that monster run? Oh, I love him. He's now like how my loud? favorite. He's now my favorite player. No, no, <laughs> I do like him. Like, listen, I think the thing is I can emotionally detach real life NFL yeah, yeah, yeah. and fantasy football. Like I have a complete detachment i i've also made very famous quotes on here i would trade my mother for an evening in exchange <laughs> for a trade that worked out that would lead me to a title and, and i stand by that <laughs> but i i think it's yeah i have that detachment and um it is what it is but i still wouldn't draft Lenny for that even now <laughs> it, i still don't think i'm gonna have any lenny shares anywhere i i end up having a team once and i inherited him and the first thing i did was trade him like i just it's not because i hate him i just He's never. He's not worth wherever anyone drafts him. It's like no, Patrick Mahomes. I won't, I won't have him anywhere this year. No, you still have him, haven't you? Well, and on a couple of dynasty rosters where he's still kicking around. But <laughs> to be fair, in every league that I had him, he was like my third or fourth running back. So it wasn't like I was like mm. taking him super early. Mm. I look at your dynasty. John, when we looked at your dynasty rosters the other night, and your running back rooms made me lie on the floor and cry in a ball. <laughs> Uh, you, you, then, you, you had Chris Carson and then a blank space and then I kept looking down and I couldn't find anyone else. And I, yeah. That was it. It's because I, tra- I traded away Dalvin Cook. You don't have any picks. For, I think not for picks. I traded him for AJ Brown. Trade. no running backs. <sighs> that seems a rebuild, the, doesn't it? The true believer that running backs don't matter. Love it. This is um, the guy. This is your guy. <laughs> so, what what takeaways do you have from last year to either replicate successes or make sure that you don't have um, the same season you had last year? I'm allergic to running backs who turn 25. I have to get rid of them. I have to get rid of them straight away. I just I, I know there's been a couple of outliers. There's been Mike Davis. There's been McKissick, who both helped me re- a lot in Warrior Bowl, actually, in redraft. But it's specifically with Dynasty. Anybody who even turns 25, I'll get rid of them. Get rid of them straight away. Because you might get a little bit of production, but you just won't get any value. So and, does um, that include people that will turn 25 during the season, or are you just going to let them finish the season? You, 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 might, you might get rid of them after week four when they've absolutely gone nuts. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you get, you, get, you get peak value then. You know, so yeah, I'm, I, I can't, I can't, I can't handle running backs who turn 25. And I think that will serve me well. I thought you were going to say that you are a full-on tight end convert. I am because you hated I tight am. end before last season, and now you're. I like... did. <laughs> I discovered tight end premium. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. I was about to say. Oh yeah, that, that's fine. If you if you love tight ends because you play tight end premium, and therefore it has a lot more meaning to you because you play that tight end premium, I'm with you 100. percent yeah. If you were just talking about in a standard scoring format or even PPR and, and you became a lover of the tight end position, I think... Um... No, I've got no tight ends. I mean, my, my, my half PPR tight end rosters um, start with Hayden Hurst, end with Blake Jarwin. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Page. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a section of the, the fantasy football playbook where I talk about tight ends uh, this year. Um, and basically, there's there's one tight end that is worth drafting in the first 10 rounds. Yeah. Well, the Dynasty League that we started this year, the Immortals, I've got Kittle, Kelsey and Gesicki, I think, or someone else. So I've got those three as my, my tight end room and that's tight end premium. I'm more than happy with that. That'll do me. I'll nice. take pit, a pits if I can get him. Who's my tight end room? Jared Cook? Oh, no. Well, he's moved to 
he's moved to San Diego or, or mm-hmm. LA now. I'm It'll be all right. Yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm about. Jack Doyle, uh, Anthony Ferkser, Blake mm-hmm. Jarwin. No, no, I paid no. like next to nothing for these guys, so I'm quite, I'm quite happy. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, so let's talk about the NFL draft. We kind of had a little preamble. We talked about how bad Terrius Tony is. We don't need to go there anymore because. At least we're all in agreement there, which is which is good. Um, but let's let's talk about who, in your eyes, with in NFL terms, the big winners and losers of uh, of the draft. Any any particular drafts that you walked away with thinking I think they smashed it, and anyone you felt particularly didn't have a good draft? Bears won, didn't they? I think the Bears won. You know, they were right up there anyway. I mean, getting Fields, who could be a a completely transitional quarterback, could take them to the next level, really. And the strength of the old line, so they actually got on the line to to actually throw behind as well. If he's as good as people say, the Bears could actually be that team that they've wanted to be for the last 20 years, right? Yeah. So for me, them. And I think the other one, I've got Gibson in like three leagues. And that little snippet that came out just before the draft that they were going to draft a running back scared the life out of me. (laughs) So the fact that they didn't, I'm taking Gibson as a big winner. Yeah, I agree. For me, yeah. Greg? I think, yeah, obviously Bears is is an obvious one. I think the Lions got, that's the result for them to get Saul to drop to them. Um, That's a big result from from the first round. I think in terms of of players, I think you mentioned him already, Kyle Trask couldn't have asked to land in a better spot. That's literally like the the perfect place for him to land. Like, Mm. He's going to sit behind the goat for a year, yeah. maybe two. We'll see what happens. So he's got the best possible person he could learn from. There's no pressure on him. He's got an, a good offensive-minded coach. There's a ton of talent on that roster. Yeah. There's going to be a job become vacant in the next year or two years. I mean, he couldn't have asked for a more perfect spot. If ever there was a chance for him to go on to be a, a successful NFL quarterback... That's it. He's in the perfect place for it. So I think he's a he's a massive winner. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So I was on Nat Coombs' show on Talksport yesterday oh, talking yeah. about this. And um, if you haven't listened, never child, download the the app, um, the Talksport app, and you can listen to it. It's going uh, the going global with Nat Coombs, and it's two hours and twenty five minutes in. I mean, for twelve or so minutes. And um, I talked about that because I got asked about the pick, and and I think you know I don't think Arians is there when he gets the job. I think it's going to go to left, which I think it's a continuity plan, the thinking about it, but it's the perfect offense for Trask because he doesn't, he's not, he's not, he's not a runner. He's not a dual threat quarterback. And in the Aryan system, you don't have to be. Um, yeah. If you look at the quarterbacks that have played in that system, none of them have been particularly wonderful with their, with their legs. Um, and they don't have to be because it's schemed open for them. As long as they're intelligent, um, they're accurate and they make the right decisions. It's all about decision making, which is why James Winston was not good in that. Well, I mean, he was great. I mean, he threw for over five thousand yards, but he also it's good fun. touched it. I listen it's, as a season goes. It's probably one of the more entertaining seasons a quarterback's ever going to have. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy the quip that someone made on Twitter that basically, if I wanted to watch. Um, yeah. three hours on my yeah. watch Winston play. <laughs> yeah. which is accurate no, yeah absolutely um but yeah I, I think Kyle Trask was uh, was as you say I think he was a big winner I think for me what I and uh, you know I'm, I'm similar to you I think the Bears are the great draft 
I think the Patriots had a good draft. I actually think the sneaky one for me was was the Browns. Yeah, I think the Browns did a phenomenal job. They got really good. I for me, I look at them now and think that's a Super Bowl challenging roster now. Yeah, because of what they had and then filling the vacancies the, uh, the way that they did. Um, I thought they did a, a phenomenal job. So you know, yeah. I, I put them up, and I think the Chargers as well. They got their three biggest needs just all fell to them. It was like their tailor-made draft. Yeah. I mean, like, literally all the chaos around them. And it was like, this is, this is the dream. They were laughing, laughing their heads off. And um, yeah, I, I, I think there were some good drafts all around. What about bad drafts? Who had, who had a real stinker of a, of a draft um, that might, they might struggle to recover from? Giants. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks for the support. <laughs> I, think, I, don't, I don't think the Giants was that bad. I don't, no, I don't think, I don't I, think I overall, actually, I don't think it was a terrible. A it's terrible not the Texans, draft. is it? No. Well, but let's think... talk about this then. We, we've got this on, right? So they don't pick for two rounds. They get to the third round, and you're thinking here, well, there's a lot going on with the Texans. They've bought, they've signed 480 odd free agents. They literally turned it into the cast of the replacements, and they're going to hold. <laughs> <laughs> an open tryout that's going to rival something that you'd see on um, the X Factor. Uh, we're clearly <laughs> going to be different stages. That's, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, that, this yeah, is yeah. how it's in my head. They get a pick and they take Davis Mills. Now, I love Davis Mills. Don't get me wrong. I, I've been banging the drum for Davis Mills. He's actually who I did want Tampa to take. I can see why they went Trask and, and I support that. But I, I've been banging the drum for Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills is, is, is a guy that, in the right situation, the right offense, could have been mm-hmm. a real outside like for me he was in that he could have gone on to be like the next Dak Prescott and yeah, he's got a chance uh, well in that offense I'm not so sure he's got he's got a chance in two three years maybe but, but well they, well let's talk about this why would why would Houston take a quarterback with their first pick they haven't got a load of picks mm. first pick they get and they take a quarterback that to me is fascinating i mean it, i'm not trying to read too much into it but the, how can you not i think it's what do you mm. guys think if you you're sitting there thinking you know as a texan you, you first picks at a quarterback and you oh, signed one in the preseason it's not like you didn't have anyone mm. behind him you got tyrell taylor there yeah they're a terrible organization aren't they so yeah but this is a new era you got nick casario over from from the patriots i mean mm. i don't know to me that that that's there's some alarm bells for me there thinking like yeah, they've got they're a not, like Watson's yeah. not going to play this year, or at least it's, he's not going to play a significant part because I don't get why you would. And I think they're, they're potentially thinking like he might never play again. Yeah, I mean, their roster, their roster looks just awful, doesn't it? I mean, it's just there's nothing on there that gets you excited. I mean, the fact that JJ Watt's gone now and he, he you know, he's getting on a bit, wasn't he? But he was still excited. He started a bit hard, you know, he had a bit of you know, connection with the fans and that type of thing. But they've got nobody on that roster now that you get excited about, have they? Well, I but like their running back room. I love their running back. It's old. But Ingr- like Ingram back. and DJ. Well, and Philip Lindsay. Uh, I mean, that's a that's yeah. a that's a good running back room. I mean, like for what it is, considering you might have a quarterback out there who might not throw in Tyrod Taylor, that's a decent running back room. Like that's an above average running back room for me. We're almost older than us. Well, yeah. I mean, and we're old. <laughs> I think that's the point. That's the point, though, isn't it? They've got so many issues and they've yeah. got so many gaps in that mm-hmm. roster. For them to then go and take a quarterback with their first pick, having not picked in the first two rounds, 
just screams the fact that they're assuming they don't have Watson. Yeah. For whatever reason, there's a couple of different reasons that that could be. Probably legal. <laughs> that well, it, it yeah. just it screams the fact that they're not expecting to have him in the near future. So, yeah, yeah. they're thinking about, okay, where, where do we start again? And again, uh, you might be reading too much into that and we might be applying more uh, logic to that scenario than the Texans have deserved us to apply to a situation in recent years. But that that's the, the obvious assumption, isn't it? But I've, I've got enough Brandon Cooks to hope for the best. I've got enough well, Brandon Cooks to hope for the best. Well, <laughs> Come on. We'll talk about Nico Collins as well a bit, because I thought that pick yeah. was fascinating as well. But um, yeah, I, I think the Texans is an interesting one. The other real head scratcher for me, surprisingly, was the Jags. I just didn't get some of the moves that they made. Um, I didn't get Etienne at, at, at 25. No, um, don't mind I that. didn't get what they did at the top of the second. I just I felt like they had the opportunity there to build the trenches. They had so many picks to build the trenches. Of course, you take Lawrence 101. Who doesn't take Lawrence 101? Fine. Take Lawrence at the first pick. No problem. Yeah. Why don't you build the lines? Take an edge. Take. I mean, and they, they missed that huge edge run at the end of the first round. And they went from getting a, a borderline blue chip edge rusher to not getting one. And I think, I just think you can't make those kinds of mistakes. So I, I think, surprisingly for me, they were, they were someone who I felt could have. I'd done. agree with that. Could yeah. have done better. Um, what was the what was for you all the worst pick of the draft? If you could just pick one and say that was the worst pick. Giants, <laughs> giants. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> I think, like, I think what I, what I well, I kind of I get it. I get why they made the pick, but I also think it's a I think it's a mistake, and it's arguably somebody that I think. It, it makes Joe Burrow a winner and a loser and it's the, the chase pick. I just, I don't get why you haven't taken Saul at that point. I can't, I understand, like, Chase is fantastic. You can't, you can't <laughs> protect the guy that you've just invested a huge amount in last year. He got, he ended up in the hospital. You've got the, the opportunity to buy, to get a fantastic tackle that could be there for the next 10 years and you pair the two of them together. And you you don't take it. Admittedly, you take a very good player in Chase, mm. but I think this where yeah, you so, say um, is this where you say the biggest loser in the draft is Joe Burrow's other knee? Yeah, basically, basically. Right. But yeah, I just okay. I, I get why they went that way because Chase is great, but I just think it's an. I don't I don't necessarily buy into it that much. I mean, you know, it's one of those like anyone can get the knee blown out, and they've got a couple of people coming back, haven't they? You know, and they've got a couple of people getting older, and they did take a couple, and yeah, it's one of those things. You know, it's it's a risk. If you're the GM, it's a risk because that could be your career gone, right? If you made the wrong decision. But if you if you look at that in a vacuum, and if you get rid of all the noise, the fact you've got him, his favorite target from back in the day, who's now brought into this, and you've got that wide receiver room, you're giving him every chance to succeed and if you've got enough in front of him i, I get it I, I i i would have done the same i think that but makes think, a lot of sense i think we've seen enough examples in the recent years of quarterbacks potentially good quarterbacks coming into the league and just being ruined one way or another yeah. by not being protected um, it's risky it's risky it's risky business though isn't it anyone can get anyone can get done in the knee it, yeah. it can happen. It can happen at any course, time. Of course, it can. So, but you increase the chances if you let your quarterback get hit. However many ridiculous amount of times, which far too many. Hit. 
yeah. got hit last year. Like, look at look at Darnold. Darnold may not have ever been a great quarterback, but he certainly wasn't helped by the fact that he was put in a horrible situation. And Luck is obviously the the high, the the most obvious person there. He had a good line. Injuries. To the end, he had a good line. He didn't have a good line at the start. He had a good line for a couple of years and then went low. Lee made a good point with Ryan Tannehill. He had a terrible situation. I think um, that yeah. is a good point. I think he, Tannehill you know, the Dolphins, yeah. I mean, there, there's a few teams where you look at the situations they've had and they have been absolutely terrible. And some have not had the opportunity to see. I, I think Josh Rosen at Arizona. I yeah, yeah. Few, I think there's a few players you look at and, you know, it's potentially ended careers. But I think the one thing I would say is I can half defend the pick only because of the you've picked the best receiver in the class. Like, mm. it, it's not like... Yeah, you've, you've passed on a tackle and you've picked like uh, a Tony. or a position that isn't going to <laughs> add to the win-loss column. I mean, yeah, it, it could backfire, but if it doesn't backfire, if Joe Burrow somehow survives and doesn't get an injury, then yeah, that, I like it. Then that pick wins. That's yeah. that's my take on it. I mean, I yeah. can think I can think of worse picks um, than that. I you know I would have said Alex Leverwood. Um, yeah, a lot of people said that. Mine. But having said that, they end up saving that pick by getting Morrig in the second round. Yeah. And if you were to reverse them on paper and say, right, well, they picked Morrig in the first and Leverwood in the second, you wouldn't be slating it. You'd sit there and go, mm, I don't know. Maybe it's a slight you, reach on Leverwood, but if it was a second round pick and not first, it wouldn't have got the press it had. It, it, they got a first round player in the second and they got a, a, a late second slash third round player in the second round or in yeah. the first round. But it's kind of all balanced out. Like, I think you can almost, the, I think the Raiders got away with one there. I think the criticism is, though, you could have got both of those players and you could have got a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder, right? If you're a smart, if you're a really good GM and you work in the room, you work in the system, you could that, have had both of those players and someone else. But, but they didn't. That's not, that's not what they do, though. And that, no, that's, no, it's um, not. No, no. That, that isn't what they do. Um, and I think. That is what it is. I think there was a lot of interesting picks, and we'll see what really happens um, over the coming years. But I thought the interesting ones for me were the Broncos not taking a QB at at nine. Um, I said this in the immediate reaction pod that I felt they're in the market for someone. They're in the market for a quarterback now. Whether that's not getting Rogers though, I think they're not getting Rogers. I can't see it, but look, they must think there's a chance. They must think there's a chance because that's why you don't draft one. And I think yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup. I think he's he is like the if all else fails, we'll right. go shove something towards Jimmy Garoppolo because right. of course you can get him now. So I think they they realise they could probably get Jimmy at any point. He's not better than Teddy. Yeah, I think he's better than Teddy. I think mm. I think absolutely he is. Yeah, by a lot. By a lot. I, I think a significant amount. And I think the difference is, I think Jimmy Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo took a team to the Super Bowl two years ago. People forget that. I think I mean, Shanahan like, took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, people can sit there and say that, but the quarterback can easily lose games. He didn't mm. lose them games. I think that's the difference is, I look at Teddy Bridgewater and I think he, he can win games, he can lose games. Yep. He, uh, with Garoppolo, I get his upside is very low. He's not spectacular. He's not a pro bowl elite quarterback i get he's like the average the line of average draw it he is there yeah but the one thing with jimmy garoppolo is i don't think he loses you games i don't think he gets to the point where he's making horrific decision making he's not making bad 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 throws he just doesn't make exciting throws he's, he's boring but yeah it works out um the guy doesn't lose the guy the guy who doesn't lose your games is the guy who gets you the super bowl doesn't win it and that 
is a, is an example of what happens. But if you're mm. if you're Denver, would you take a Super Bowl trip over where you've been the last five years? They want a Super Bowl win, though. Look at the re- look at the receivers that they've got in that offense, though. You don't need you don't need Patrick Mahomes yeah. to make yeah, the but, offense but if you did. and be successful. Well, yeah, if you did, if you had Watson. Everyone, or everyone would Rogers. like Patrick Mahomes, wouldn't they? Everyone would like it, but, but, but it's not how it but, works. But, but Mahomes is coming off losing a Super Bowl. Like it, yeah. it, it's not the end or be all. Like it, you know, it's it's all the pieces, but ultimately the quarterback has got to be the person that controls the environment. And I think I think Garoppolo does that. You know, you can point. I can point to Shanahan's play calling in the Super Bowl being more of a reason than Jimmy Garoppolo not winning the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm not. I'm not a big Jimmy Garoppolo lover here. I'm just thinking out loud. Like I look at, as Greg's saying, I look at that roster and think, if you just had someone who can make good decisions and put the ball in the right places and just be a bit of a leader in that offense, we saw what he did when he when he moved over from the 49ers. They're a joke organization. He runs off five straight wins following season he takes him to the Super Bowl you know it's just injuries and durability that's the biggest question with him and it's the same yeah. with Teddy but we'll see what happens but you know they might get a Rogers. they might get uh they might even be in the market for Watson if there's a market for him I don't oh, know I think they are I think yeah, I, I think mean, there's be, something I think going be on there. Yeah. so I thought that was a strange one but yeah let's pivot from the draft for a minute here because um I know when we were speaking about coming on Greg you wanted to give away um, a spot to the Warrior Bowl. So we just talked about the Warrior Bowl and, and people can, can sign up. But um, what about people who, you know, we have got this spot. So how can people go ahead and, and win this spot? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, we, as I said before, the only people that have got an invite so far are the division champions and the finalists. So these are the first invites that we'll be giving out outside of that um so for that there's going to be or there is a pinned tweet on the warrior bowl twitter account which has details of all the um of, of what the warrior bowl is how it works and all that sort of stuff so we're going to give away uh we're going to actually going to give away two places um so what you need to do you need to retweet that pinned tweet you need to be following both us and five yard rush um and you then need to because we want this to be for people that have watched or listened to to this um to show that you've done we want you to put a specific hashtag reply with the hashtag which murph very generously uh came up with the hashtag of, of setting the tony spell in the way of <laughs> um thank you very much for that shade um, low level shade exactly exactly so so it, in essence, what we want you to do, um, if, it, if you've already signed up on the Warrior Bowl website, great. If you haven't, go and sign up um, and then retweet that pin tweet. Uh, be following the both of us and reply on there saying, setting the hashtag setting the Tony. And then we know <laughs> that you've, uh, you've signed up. I tell you what, Foley, you're not the only marketing genius in the room here. <laughs> <laughs> a little well, bit of shade, throw exactly, great play, works wonders. Exactly, and also an opportunity that. to throw some shade at me. So thanks very much. Uh, you're welcome. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't so much setting. It wasn't that. I just thought it was a clever play on on words, setting the tone. Uh, you know, setting. Your Happy out. coincidence. Happy coincidence. This is the why on the end you drafted him. It just. It, all kind of, <laughs> it just. It all. It was like a mixing bowl, and it just came out. Love it. Love it. Like love a it. Mixologist. Not- so we'll have so there'll be two places, two invites. Um, so there'll be forty-eight hours 
from now effectively to to go to do that. Um, we'll do two invites, but we'll also for every so we'll do two invites irrespective. Then if we get to twenty people entering, doing the setting, the Tony, and all that sort of stuff, we'll make it three. And if we get to forty, we'll make it four. Fifty, we'll make it five. So the more people you get out there signing up, retweeting, the better your chances of getting in. So we'll we'll add an extra invite for every ten people that retweet and do all the stuff that I said before. There Every retweet is another knife into your heart. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, there's Let's do it. it. I love it. So why why do we say close a play? Because this will go out. I think it'll probably go out on the podcast Tuesday. So let's Fine. say till end of play Thursday. That gives everyone, and then that you maybe you might announce the winners Friday, and that gives you know people a good little Friday feeling um, to it. So you've got to close a play um, Thursday the sixth. Uh, of May, depending on when you're listening to this. If you listen to this a week from now, I don't know why, um, but I appreciate you listening, but you would have missed out on this spot. But yeah, um, hashtag setting the Tony, retweet their pinned tweet. And again, tell all your friends because that will just increase your chances of getting in. So the more people that enter this, the more people who can have a chance. So um, awesome stuff. Quick one, we've got about seven, eight minutes left here. Uh, to talk about the the NFL draft for fantasy football, um, so breakthrough. Who is you know right now um, some rookies who have jumped up your boards uh, over the weekend as a result of the NFL draft that either you were low on um, or as a result of the weekend and the landing spot you've just got so excited you're you're all in and uh, it doesn't have to be Kadarius Tony Greg it's okay we'll let you know. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Well, come on Greg <laughs> you go that. you go first tell us about Kadarius so, Tony go on <laughs> so i think the, the 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 NFL draft is fantastic the worst thing about the NFL draft is when there's guys that you like that you're high, generally higher than the consensus on and then they land in a really good spot and all of a sudden their ADP skyrockets. Mm. And you think, well, I liked them before and I was getting them really cheap and now they're going to go much higher. So I think two guys that fall into that camp for me um, are Carter landing at the Jets, who yeah. seems to have shot up ADP, and Trey yeah. Sermon at San Francisco, both of which are guys that I liked before and you were getting Carter sort of middle of the second you were getting sermon in the third carter's now the the, the mocks that i've done in the last couple of days carter's end of the late first early second sermons sort of early to mid second so they've it's not, not necessarily, earlier. Yeah. exactly they've not necessarily gone up my board they were quite high on my board anyway but generally speaking they, they've gone up quite a lot which is incredibly frustrating for me yeah. but there we go yeah trace sermon the same for me i mean jared dokes i think has just gone from nowhere to rather interesting now only because there's nobody else in Miami except for the seven round pick from last year Gaskin so there's a little bit of interest there but I think the, the one for me is Elijah Moore which is just a bit exciting I mean he, he was a bit exciting anyway wasn't he for for Jets fans for seeing him land there now knowing what he can do but yeah I've got I, I've got a little bit of a a little bit of a, a liking for Elijah Moore now if we can get him in drafts I'm not sure where I'm going to get him it's probably good it's still going to be early second I think early to mid second and I've got quite a few. Uh, I've got, uh, I reckon, or is it going to be late first? Is it? 
I just think I think when you look at some of the the new landing spots for people, I think some people are going to fade. I think you're looking end of the first, maybe even, yeah. even a bit higher. I just I just think that landing spot's going to appeal yeah. Um, yeah. to people because if you look at certain certain players, you know these these are the sorts of players we're, we're talking about. Players are good now. Rashad Bateman has just fallen off people's boards um, yeah. because of that landing spot. Yeah. Um, I think he's almost a value based on if you can get him at the tail end of the first, I think he's a value. I, uh, you, you talk about the situation, the volume I talked about on Friday, but I still think there's some value there. Um, Rondell Moore, another great landing spot. Um, there's a few that you just, that, that were on that fringe area there. Tony, people aren't going to like that because of the volume. He's not going to get behind Slayton and, and Shepard and, uh, and Golladay. Um, he was one that maybe people were more, I mean, he was well down on my board. I mean, it was him and Jalen Darden were kind of next to each other. And I mean, well, Jalen Darden was at the top anyway, wasn't he? Yeah, he was close to it. He was a, yeah. I had him much higher than consensus. I think I had him as like wide receiver 10 or something like that. Um, Do you like Rondell Moore at the cards? Do you like Rondell Moore at the cards? No. Um, no, no. Because they're just not going to, I mean, it's, it's Hopkins and then it's everyone yeah. else is going to eat some scraps. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll do all right, but I, I, it doesn't excite me. Tillon Wallace is someone who's, whose draft capital just died. Um, yeah. And as a result, I think he's someone that slides down boards. So all of a sudden, you've got all these guys who are potentially around or ahead with Elijah Moore. He, he'll go right up the board. I you reckon? Think, I think so. Yeah, I, I, think, I think some people will be bullish and take him three, four. Wives no, wives yeah, I think no, so. I think so. 100%. I think Moore is another one, another oh, guy that I liked, and I had him. Like he was probably one of my. I don't, I don't do my rankings or anything like that, but he was probably in that sort of top five receivers that I liked coming into this draft. And he's another guy that's landed in a good spot, and his ADP is going to shoot up. And you, yeah. you're absolutely right with guys that are starting to to fall, and I think we'll, we'll cover up draft fallers shortly. But yeah, that some of those guys in the mock drafts and things like that, you're looking at it, the back end of that first round was all guys like Bateman, Waddle, Wallace, Smith. And a lot of those guys are going to start fading and dropping back out into the early second. Mm. And people like Moore are going to drift up. Um, yeah. People like Moore and Mike Carter and those sorts of guys are going to start to come up and end up in the, the late first round. Pick. Let me ask you a question then. Let me ask you a question. Because I've got, you know, I said, I said, I said the same chat, but Zach Wilson seems to be being pushed down and down and down and down and down. He is the most unsexy Superflex QB rookie pick right now. He's going way down. Like you're getting him mid towards the end of the first round, even. But if you're if you've got Elijah Moore as this kind of like I'm going to take him end of the first round, maybe even mid first round. But Zach Wilson's getting really faded. How does that come together? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of hate for Zach this Wilson right now. Who 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 in Denzel Mims? Crowder's still there. Crowder's they dead. Sound killed in Cole. Crowder's Crowd finished. The way that they're going to line up there, Crowder is is finished. In in I I tweeted out on Saturday. Um, my pick was he was going to go to Detroit, and I think he goes. Um, he's a, he's going to get too much money. He's going to get cut. Um, right. because they'll they'll make a cat saving because the way that they're going to line up, they're going to do a lot more twelve personnel. They'll line up with two tight ends, um, to give extra protection to um, and that, and then this is also part of the Shanahan scheme. Um, they're just not going to chuck the ball to, to a guy like Crowder. He's not going to get 150 targets. It's not going to happen. So you got Mims, who didn't really do much year one. More on the other hand is... No one good. did. Yeah, no but, one did. Yeah, of course not. Well, but th- at the end of the day, he's not got competition for targets. 
you know, you look at Rondell Moore, he's got competition for targets. You look at Kadarius Tony, he's got competition for targets. Um, you know, you, you look at you look at someone like Elijah Moore. What's their path to a hundred targets next year? Mm. What's in his way? I got two words for you. Well, Kenny Yaboa. Yeah. <laughs> well, fine, Yaboa! We, did, we did have a question about this. So we had a question from uh, <laughs> Martin, lucky fantasy guy, who said, uh, "Can I ask you a couple of questions? How fantasy relevant will uh, Kenny Yaboa be?" Titan um, one. <laughs> I, I, I did see this question on number uh, one. on Twitter, and I feel that Foley, this was um, Martin made this question specifically as a way to throw shade at me. And I you. think I but, think so. But I yours, think he did. Your Yaboa take and my uh, inadvertent drafting of Saquon Barkley on our uh, <laughs> on our guillotine <laughs> live stream draft of yeah, last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was throwing shade there, wasn't he? But you're Boa, Titan one. Come on, you Boa. For the rationale in the room, um, tight ends in regular scoring don't overly matter all that much. Uh, in dynasty, tight end premium. I mean, like throw a late dart, he's going to cost you nothing. But yeah. don't drop him. <laughs> he could he could literally be anything. The map is to put it in perspective to be a tight end one in fantasy football you need to catch yeah, 65 balls much, yeah. 65 balls for 650 yards and at about six or seven TDs yeah. is it the post high breakout for Herndon then I, everyone uh, listen if I have to deal with if, if another Chris Herndon season <laughs> breakout <laughs> I, like he didn't break out I mean he could do but he didn't break out the first year he didn't break out the second year he didn't break out the third year he is Chris Herndon four and maybe for fourth fourth times a charm so do you like Wilson or not? Well, Zach Wilson. Hmm. I think he's fine. I um, I don't listen. He's not exciting. Here's my thought on him, and I said this on Friday. You can buy the Jets stack for virtually nothing. Yeah. So you can buy Wilson. You can buy uh, Michael Carter slash um, Tevin Coleman, and you can buy either Mims or more. Take your pick. You can buy them for budget basement picks um and you've got yourself a, a cheap little stack um as sort of a, your on your bench if they break out in this offense and become incredible you're on to a winner yeah, yeah. if it doesn't it's cost you nothing yeah. so I, I, I will i be buying some zach wilson yeah because he's so cheap like he's so cheap like yeah. I, he could be the range of outcomes could be could be good um but am i am i going to be bullishly targeting him no um because i don't i think there's just better i mean you get to a point with the the saturation of quarterbacks he's going to be in that saturation market of the decision will be do i take him or do i take sam donald or do i take zach wilson or do i take teddy bridgewater or do i take zach wilson or do i take david carr or Derek carr but the, these are the mm. kinds of decisions that we're talking about. In those situations, thinking of upside, I'll always take Zach Wilson because I know what I'm getting with the others, and I'm not yeah. interested because I know what we're going to. Well, you're going to, you know what the ceiling is. What? What do you think right. is weird that he's gone at 102 though? Like he's gone. He's gone at 102. He's gone the before Fields. Is, he's so gone before Lance. I mean, fancy. I mean, they obviously have something in them that they like, and. Mm. And that's why they've done it. And they made the decision early. It was out public pretty early. They yeah. Clearly, there's a lot to like. But, you know, some of the best QBs aren't overly fancy relevant. I mean, Tom Brady, in his final years at, at New England, where he's winning Super Bowls, 
wasn't a massive fantasy relevant QB. He was kind of on the fringes of the, the QB. Back in QB1. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, anyone who isn't a dual threat quarterback isn't really worth a significant investment unless there's someone spectacular who's going to throw for 40 touchdowns. Mm. If they're not going to, th- you have to ask yourself if, if, I'm, if I'm going to draft them as a starting quarterback, maybe Superflex is threshold lowers. Does he move? Yes or no? No. Right. Is he going to throw 40 touchdowns? Is he Aaron Rodgers? Basically, yeah. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Um, or can he run? Maybe, maybe someone, you know, Tom Brady's relevant because in that Arians offense, you can see 40 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on the fringes of 40 touchdowns, Kirk Cousins is kind of like that last statue guy that you can draft and say there's some some relevance. But Stafford, maybe? Maybe Stafford. And then and then after that, you're kind of like, well, it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And Wilson is that guy who, if he ends up having a little bit of rushing ability, <laughs> even if it's like 300, 400 yards, that will separate him from that pack mm. a lot, a lot. Like he'll all of a sudden separate away from there and become relevant. We don't know if he can do it yet or not. We've seen Justin Herbert was not a guy people thought would be particularly mobile and rushing. He can run. Mm. Exactly that. Daniel Jones is another. You know, we're talking mm. about guys who no one thought had any real rushing ability, but these guys did. That's going to be a difference. I'd rather draft a player not knowing he can do it, thinking that there's a chance, than knowing drafting a player who. I know what I'm getting, and it is the floor. Yeah, um, well, he, look, he, he does look like he's bit, twelve. He? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so Justin Herbert to hear his haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wilson did. He ran a bit, didn't he? In yeah, college, I mean, he's not like mean, a, he doesn't run like Justin he's Fields. Statue, but he, that's what he, I mean. He's, he's he ran got, a bit, he's... and actually, I liked when I watched the film that I watched of him. I liked his decision making on the read option. I think he very rarely got the decision wrong. He's not the extreme athlete that some of the other guys are, but he made good decisions on those read options. And in that sort of play, you don't need to be Lamar Jackson to pick up five to ten yards. yards. If you're mm. making the right decision on that read guy, yeah. you can get you can get yourself five to ten yards. You've got to do that a couple of couple of times a game, and you've got yourself a reasonable amount of yards on the ground as well. So I think he's he's kind of underrated in terms of his his running ability. Yeah. But we shall see. Yeah, I, I could be value. I mean, that's what I mean. I think he's a value. I don't, I don't think he's someone you should aggressively target. I'm not projecting him to be anything spectacular, but you, sometimes just taking, I'd take a dart throw and see see what you get. Um, we've come up to sort of the end of the show now. Um, as always, and as I kind of expected, we would go over. But before we finish, give us um, your one spicy hot take for the 2021 season. You want to go first, sunshine. Go for it, mate. Put your boots. Okay, I've got two. Because okay. one is one is obvious, which is I will have Kenny Yaboa on every single fantasy team I have this year. Love it. Come on, yeah. Come on, Kenny Yaboa. The second one, I I will I'm gonna put money on and my picks on that I have this year in my rookie drafts that Trey Lance and Justin Fields will both end as QB ones. I'm confident that they both will. They'll either start or they'll get in early. And the way those two play, they'll be QB ones. Might be back in QB ones for the first season, but I'm I'm going to hopefully have a lot okay. of them too. Okay. Spicy. Spicy. So I'm, so I'm going to go with the guy that I mentioned earlier, and I'm going to say that Michael Carter will be the highest scoring rookie running back from a fantasy point Ooh. perspective. That is spicy. Yeah. 
Okay, I love it. You said you wanted spicy, so you didn't disappoint. That's that's Scotch bonnet. That's Scotch bonnet spicy. Love that. There you go. There There we we go. go. They've ended with some heat. Brilliant, (laughs) fellas. Thanks so much for coming on. Tell tell everyone in Rush Nation uh, where they can find you, where they can interact with you on on Twitter. So yeah, so um, I'm I'm the at Warrior Bowl uh, Twitter account, Um, and obviously as you said, or as we mentioned before. If you go to the warriorbowl.com website, there's all the information on there about Warrior Bowl to sign up. Um, and yeah, the, the contest that we ran, the giveaway for the the, uh, the invites, the pin tweet on the at Warrior Bowl Twitter account. Um, that's the one you need to be retweeting. And remember the hashtag setting the Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and I retweet everything these guys tweet. I'm at Folio and I just do dodgy 80s videos. Maybe not, maybe computer game video soon. We will see. Might expand my repertoire. I love it. Awesome. Well, look, fellas, appreciate you so much coming on and and uh, and Brilliant, mate. I have to get you back on. Um, don't forget, everyone here in Rush Nation, um, you do have forty eight hours or a little over that to to get the those entries, potential spots into the Warrior Bowl. Do sign up anyway. It's a great cause, but. Um, you know, you can book a seat by sending that hashtag, setting the Tony, um, and you could be one of the lucky winners that Greg pulls out of his magic hat on Friday. Um, if it was a Giants hat, given it's Tony, that might even be acceptable. <laughs> um, but look, appreciate you coming on, fellas. Yeah, we'll get you back on uh, for sure. And, you know, do join in the tournament if you're listening to this late and you've missed out on the competition. It's still, a, you know, a good chance you, you can get in anyway. Um, but sign up and that's going to give you the best chance possible to get in. Um, But thanks from me. uh, Thanks from Lee behind the glass. Uh, Appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, Rush Nation, don't forget, keep rushing. live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.